Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Welcome to an awesome Sunday. I'm sure you enjoyed the praise and worship. And I'm telling you, their prayers are coming to pass. Whatever we are praying about, that's what God answers in the messages. I noticed that again and again. Whatever you are desiring, God gives the answer. He, he's like that. He's, he's moved. He's touched. He's a blessing. He's just the blessed one. Hallelujah. So today, we're going to have a great time. Brother Joji is going to be ministering. And you know, we enjoy how God is using him. And he's going places. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. It's a privilege and honor to speak to the people of God. We are in the right place at the right time. God is here in the midst of us. And it's interesting season that we are in right now. And God has been working. You see, God is working behind the scenes. He's a God who always works behind the scenes. No matter what it looks like on the outside, no matter what news you hear, He is still there working. He said He will never leave you nor forsake you. We are in the palms of His hand. No one can take us from His hands. That's what He said. And that's true even right now. Just today morning, I was, uh, somebody forwarded me this article. It's an email. And in that, I read about one person. He's, his position is called a special reporter for the, the United Nations. And he is working on getting uh, um, something signed and approved by the UN that will be passed in all the 193 countries who are members of the United Nations. And that is talking about freedom for abortion, right to abortion. Every person has a right to abort a child if they, if they want. And the second one is right to, or the freedom to choose the sex that they want. Isn't it crazy? And they're, they're trying to implement it in all the 193 countries who are members of the United Nations. He's working behind to get this passed as a resolution. And God chose us to be here on the earth at this time. Hallelujah. And we are the ones who have the truth. We are the ones who have the truth that sets people free. And that's what we are looking at here. And the whole purpose of us gathering together, the real reason why Paul said... Do not forsake the assembling of the brethren, especially as you see the day of the Lord approaching, is because of these things. Because as the day of the Lord approaches, crazy things are happening around. And you need to meet together. You need to encourage each other, build up each other, lift each other up with the truth of God's word. Hallelujah. So I'm excited. Hallelujah. So let's just pray. Father, we praise you. We worship you. We are in exciting times. We thank you for your spirit that is there in us and upon us. We thank you. We are grateful that you saw this day before the foundations of the earth was laid. And you knew in your wisdom that we are the right people to be present here for this season. Thank you, Father, that you have equipped us with everything that we need to fulfill your plans and purposes. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. Your word is the truth. And your truth sets us free. Thank you, Father. We declare our mind is alert. Our heart is sensitive to the leadings and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, have your way. You're in charge. We acknowledge your leadership here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. <clears throat> so, 
Bear with me here. Like I heard a man of God said, the utterances depends on the hearers. So as you stay here listening in faith, be expectant. Expect God to speak to you. Expect God to work in your heart, in your situations, changing your, your situations with the truth of God's word. Hallelujah. So um, about three weeks back, we were looking at the topic of faith. The faith that pleases God. We saw in Hebrews 11 verse 6 that without faith it is impossible to please God. The word without means outside the boundary. So outside the boundary of faith or outside the perimeter of faith, it is impossible to bring pleasure to God our Father. Hallelujah. And we also saw in Romans 14 verse 23 it says, Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Whatever we do that is not originating and that is not within the boundaries of faith is sin. And we saw it is written four times, once in the Old and three times in the New Testament. It is written that the just shall live by faith. That's uh, Hebrews, uh, sorry, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, Romans 1 17, Galatians 3 11 and Hebrews 10 38. The just or the justified, the righteous shall live by faith. It's a lifestyle for a believer. Hallelujah. So let's not forget, we have Brother John here who is doing the translation. Brother John, can you read Hebrews 11 verse 6? Hallelujah. Let's read Romans 14, 23 as well. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7 says, We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith. So it's a lifestyle for the believer to do everything in faith. And if you're not in faith right now, Hallelujah. If you're not in faith right now, it's you are in sin. But it actually it means to it's an offense to God. When his children or the, his children who are created in his image is not operating in his faith. It's interesting. And we saw how this works. We saw that it's called the God kind of faith. There are two types of faith. There's human faith which is based on our senses. The very fact that I'm seated on this chair is because I looked at it, I saw that all the four legs are there, they're strong, and by experience, I know that that chair can support my weight. That's human faith. But God kind of faith is different. You're believing and calling upon a Jesus whom you did not see, you did not touch, you did not, uh, you did not see him hang on the cross. You were not there in Jerusalem when Jesus walked on the streets of Galilee. You were not there. You did not see his body being placed in the tomb. You did not see him rise from the dead. You did not see him ascend to the heavens. But yet you believed. That is the God kind of faith. And 
we and we saw in Romans 4:17 it says the god kind of faith calls those things which be not as though it is as though it is already there you did not see a jesus but you called upon him as though he was there you did not see him hang hang on the cross you did not see him be our sin but you believed and called upon him that's the god kind of faith and you received it when you heard the word of god the gospel of our salvation you heard it you believed it you called upon that jesus and what kind of faith is that that's the god kind of faith and jesus told in mark 11:22 have the god kind of faith and he explained how it works in verse 23 he said if you believe that whatever you say will come to pass you will have whatsoever you say you believe in your heart and speak that's how you receive salvation you believe in your heart the lordship of jesus and you confess his lordship with your mouth and you are saved that's the god kind of faith operating hallelujah and we also saw in romans 12:3 where uh, paul said that according as god has dealt to every man the measure of faith the word measure is the word metron which means a fixed measure god has given or distributed to every man a standard measure of faith and second peter 1:1 peter said my brethren to all who have obtained like precious faith with me with us peter is saying you have obtained like precious faith which means of equal value and honor so as a believer we have all received the same measure equal to peter and equal to paul and paul said in galatians 2:20 that the life i now live in the flesh i live by the faith of the son of god so you and me we have received the faith of the son of god the faith of jesus the same faith that jesus operated in when he was on the earth we receive the same faith that's why jesus boldly said in john 14:12 whatever i did you will do even greater things otherwise it's completely unfair from god's part to expect us to do the same things and even greater things without having the same faith as jesus he cannot give us a lower quality or a lower measure of faith than jesus and expect us to do the same thing no he's a just god he's a fair god and he gave us the same measure hallelujah so as a believer you do not have a faith problem you already have the faith of the son of god inside you so what is the problem there are two main problems number 1 how does faith come faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god romans 10:17 so faith the faith of god that's in you comes by hearing the word so the number one problem that people have is a lack of knowledge of the word of god lack of knowledge of the will of god hallelujah that's the prob that's problem number 1 sec or before i forget brother john sorry can you read Romans 12 verse 3 Romans chapter 12 ದೇವರು ನನಗೆ ಕೃಪಾ ಮಾಡಿದ ಸೇವೆಯನ್ನು ಮಾಡುತ್ತಾ ನಿಮ್ಮಲ್ಲಿ ಒಬ್ಬನಿಗೂ ಹೇಳುದೇನಂದ್ರೆ ಯಾರು ತನ್ನ ಯೋಗ್ಯತೆಗೆ ಮ
ದೇವರು ಒಬ್ಬೊಬ್ಬನಿಗೂ ಎಂತೆಂಥ ನಂಬಿಕೆ ಬಲವನ್ನು ಕೊಟ್ಟಿರುವನೋ ಅದಕ್ಕೆ ತಕ್ಕ ಹಾಗೆ ನ್ಯಾಯವಾದ ಅಭಿಪ್ರಾಯದಿಂದ ತನ್ನನ್ನು ತಾನೇ ಭಾವಿಸಿಕೊಳ್ಳಬೇಕು ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡರ್ಡ್ ಮೆಜರ್ ಆಫ್ ಫೇತ್ ಸೆಕೆಂಡ್ ಪೀಟರ್ ಒನ್ ಒನ್ ಪ್ಲೀಸ್ ಯೇಸುಕ್ರಿಸ್ತನ ದಾಸನು ಅಪೋಸ್ತಲನು ಆಗಿರುವ ಸಿಮೋನ ಪೇತ್ರನು ದೇವರು ಮತ್ತು ನಮ್ಮ ರಕ್ಷಕನಾದ ಯೇಸು ಕ್ರಿಸ್ತನ ನೀತಿಯಿಂದ ನಮ್ಮೊಂದಿಗೆ ಅಮೂಲ್ಯವಾದ ನಂಬಿಕೆಯನ್ನು ಹೊಂದಿದವರಿಸ್ಟರ್ ಕ್ರಿಸ್ತನೊಂದಿಗೆ ಚಿಲುಬೆಗೆ ಹಾಕಿಸಿಕೊಂಡವನಾದೆ ಆದಾಗ್ಯೂ ನಾನು ಜೀವ ನಾನು ಜೀವಿಸುತ್ತೇನೆ ಇನ್ನು ಜೀವಿಸುವವನು ನಾನಲ್ಲ ಕ್ರಿಸ್ತನು ನನ್ನಲ್ಲಿ ಜೀವಿಸುತ್ತಾನೆ ಈಗ ಶರೀರದಲ್ಲಿರುವ ನಾನು ಜೀವಿಸುವುದು ದೇವಕುಮಾರನ ಮೇಲನ ನಂಬಿಕೆ ಇಲ್ಲದೆ ಇಲ್ಲಿಯೇ ಆತನು ನನ್ನನ್ನು ಪ್ರೀತಿಸಿ ನನಗೋಸ್ಕರ ತನ್ನನ್ನೇ ಕೊಟ್ಟನು So second Peter 1:3 says according as his divine power he has already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness whatever we need to live and fulfill the plan of and purposes of god in this life is already given to us but how does it comes the verse says through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue and for that he has given us exceeding great and precious promises that by these promises we are conformed to his image we are partakers of his divine nature so the number one problem with believers is a lack of knowledge of the word of god you need to know what the word of god says concerning your situation concerning what you're believing for and when you have that knowledge that sets you free from all the lies and bondages that held you down in the first place hallelujah So you need number one knowledge and the second one is people don't know how this faith works yes you you read the word you got the the knowledge and and people many people think that by blindly confessing scriptures they will get what they want no that's not how it works go with me to galatians chapter 5 verse 6 galatians 5 verse 6 it says for in jesus christ neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision but faith which works by love faith which works by love brother john can you read galatians 5:6 in kannada please yakandre yesu kristanalliruvavarige sunnatiyo adaru prayojanavilla aagidaru prayojanavilla preetiyinda kelasa kelasada maadira nambikeyindare hallelujah it says faith works by love that's what king james says the niv says faith expressing itself through love faith expressing itself through love the amplified says faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love another translation which is a craze right now the passion translation it says all that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love hallelujah faith works by love now consider you have you just you're a millionaire and you bought uh, what's a car a, a mercedes gls that's a high end luxury vehicle from mercedes benz it's an it's an suv it's worth like 2 or 3 crores 
Imagine you have it and it's got one of the best engines, the most powerful engines fixed there. So you brought the car home. The engine is there. It's ready. And when you, start, when you sat in the car, you turned on the ignition. It's not turning on. And you found out that the reason it's not turning on is because there's no fuel in it. You have the best car. You have the best engine in it. But as long as there is no fuel in that engine, you're not moving anywhere. You ain't going nowhere. So if you look at this, that car represents your life. That engine is the faith. You have the engine, you have the faith. But as long as there is no fuel in it, which is love, that faith engine is not moving, it's not working, and you are not going to benefit anything from it. Hallelujah. That's the faith of God. That's the faith of God. And here it says, go with me to um, Jeremiah chapter 31. Or let's go to 1 John chapter 4 verse 7. 1 John chapter 4 verse 7. It's, I'm reading from the Amplified. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love springs from God. Love, King James says, love is of God. Amplified says, love springs, or it originates and overflows from God. And then it says, verse 8, He who does not love has not become acquainted with God. He does not and never did know Him. For God is love. It says God is love. He is love itself. Love, he himself is love. Anything and everything that love personifies, that is God. Hallelujah. He is the source of love. Love originates and overflows from Him. And then He said in Jeremiah chapter 31, uh, verse 3, He said, the Lord has appeared of old to me saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Look at that. He himself is love. And he said, I have loved you with this love that is me. Oh, do I sound like that, uh, that Swami who said something? No. This is God speaking. He said, I am love. I am love and I've loved you. With this love. And then what did he do with it? Romans 5.5 5 says. The love of God has been poured out. Into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Which is given to us. The same love of God. It is poured out into our hearts. Hallelujah. It is poured out. The same love that God had. Is now poured out into our hearts. Why? Why? Because He's given us the faith of God. He's given us His faith. And God's faith operates or it is worked by God's love. It cannot be worked any other way. The faith of God is operated by the love of God. Hallelujah. I believe you're getting this. So if you look through scriptures, you will see most places where faith is mentioned, love is mentioned along with it. There's so many scriptures. I'll give you a few examples. Galatians 5.22, talking about the fruit of the Spirit, you will see love and faith mentioned there. 1 Timothy 6.1, it says, But you, O man of God, 
Flee these things, follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. 2 Timothy 1.3, Philemon 1.5, Ephesians 1.15, Ephesians 3.17, Ephesians 6.23. I mean lots more scriptures. Faith and love are always mentioned together. Why? Because faith does not work without love. Hallelujah. And God who is love has poured out that love inside us. Why? So now He expects us to work and operate in His faith using His love. Hallelujah. Brother John, can you read 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8? Hallelujah. Romans 5 5, please. Hallelujah. So the love of God, the same love that God had for man. In John 3.16 it says, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten, begotten Son. That whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's that same love. That same love that is poured out into our heart. As much as He loved the world, that love is poured out into our hearts. Why? So now, as 1 John 4.17 says, As He is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. So we can operate in His love and bring about His will to pass on the earth using His faith. Are you getting this? We can live on the earth Manifesting the will of God using His faith, which is worked by His love. Hallelujah. Go with me to Romans chapter 8. Let's read from verse 31. Romans 8 verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Look at that. That is a manifestation of His love. He said, He did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him. Delivered Him for us all. See, one of the last words of Jesus on the cross was, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That word forsake means just thrown out. Cast out. He threw away. Separated him from him. Jesus. Who was so much in fellowship with the Father. That's, he said, I and my Father are one. And now he's separated from his Father. Why? For us. For us. It was too much for Jesus to bear. That the very thought about it made him sweat blood. It was too much that he had to pray three times. Lord, if it, be, if it is possible, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, let your will be done. Man, just think about it. He, was, he came from God. 
He did not do anything apart from what he heard his father said. He was constantly in fellowship with God and then he was separated. He was forsaken for us. This is love speaking. That is love in action. And that same love that forsook Jesus is today inside us. And it is that same love that raised Jesus from the dead. Oh, are you getting this picture? I want you to think about this. Why? So that that same faith will operate. The same faith that Jesus applied when he yielded to the will of the Father. He said, I offer myself. He said, I give my life. I give my life. I offer my life. How was he able to do that? In faith. He was operating in the God kind of faith. That same faith is given to us today. And we are expected by God to operate in that faith using His love. So we need to have a good understanding of this love. Hallelujah. Let's continue. Romans 8 verse 35. It says, Who shall separate us from this love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Look at that. What can separate us? Nothing. Look at this. Tribulation. Ha ha ha. Distress. Ha ha ha. Persecution. Ha 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 ha. Famine. Ha ha. Nakedness. Ha ha. Peril. Sword. None of these things can separate us. And he didn't stop there. He said in verse 38, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing, any other created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Woohoo! Hallelujah! You cannot be separated from that love. You are so much in that love. You're so... I mean, the very reason you are born again is because of that love. You are a result of God's love. You are a new creation because of His love. You can't be separated from His love. Ha, ha, ha. Look at this. Look at the, look at the things that are mentioned. First, He talked about all the troubles that could come. Like tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. And then he said, death, no life, angels, principalities. See, the first list was things, natural things present on the earth. Now the second he's talking about spiritual things. Death, no life, angels, principalities, power, no things present or things to come. Hallelujah. Look at that. Anything that is created. You cannot be separated from that love. So there is an expectation upon you and me to operate in that love and to operate in that faith. Hallelujah. Brother John, can we read uh, Romans 8 verses 31 to 39 please? ದೇವರು ತನ್ನ ಸ್ವಂತ ಮಗನೇ ಉಳಿಸಿಕೊಳ್ಳದೆ ನಮಗೋಸ್ಕರ ಕೊಟ್ಟನು ಆದ್ದರಿಂದ ಈಗ ದೇವರು ಯೇಸುವಿನೊಂದಿಗೆ ನಮ್ಮ ಎಲ್ಲ ನಮ್ಮೆಲ್ಲರನ್ನು ಖಂಡಿತವಾಗಿ ಕೊಡ್ತಾನೆ ದೇವರು ಅರಿಸಿಕೊಂಡಿರುವ ಜನರ ಮೇಲೆ ಯಾರು ದೂಷ ದೂಷಾರೋಪಣೆ ಮಾಡಬಲ್ಲರು ಯಾರೂ ಇಲ್ಲ ಅವರನ್ನು ನೀತಿವಂತರನಾಗಿ ಮಾಡುವಾತನು ದೇವರೇ 
ದೇವ ಜನರೇ ದೂಷಿಗಳೊಂದಿಗೆ ಯಾರು ಹೇಳಬಲ್ಲರು ಯಾರೂ ಇಲ್ಲ ಯೇಸು ಕ್ರಿಸ್ತ ಯೇಸು ಕ್ರಿಸ್ತ ನಮಗೋಸ್ಕರ ಪ್ರಾಣವನ್ನು ಕೊಟ್ಟು ಅಷ್ಟೇ ಅಲ್ಲ ಆತನು ಸತ್ತವರೊಳಗಿದ್ದ ಜೀವಂತನಾಗಿ ಎದ್ದು ಬಂದನು ಈಗ ಆತನು ದೇವರ ಬಲ ಬಲಗಡೆಯಲ್ಲಿದ್ದಾನೆ ಮತ್ತು ನಮಗೋಸ್ಕರ ದೇವರನ್ನು ಬೇಡಿಕೊಳ್ಳುತ್ತಿದ್ದಾನೆ ಕ್ರಿಸ್ತನ ಪ್ರೀತಿಯಿಂದ ಯಾವುದೂ ನಮ್ಮನ್ನು ಬೇರ್ಪಡಿಸಲಾರದು ಕಷ್ಟ ಸಂಕಟಗಳಾಗಲಿ ಇಕ್ಕಟ್ಟುಗಳಾಗಲಿ ಹಿಂಸೆಗಳಾಗಲಿ ಆಹಾರವಿಲ್ಲದವರಾಗಲಿ ಬಟ್ಟೆ ಇಲ್ಲದವರಾಗಲಿ ಅಪಾಯವಾಗಲಿ ಮರಣವಾಗಲಿ ನಮ್ಮನ್ನು ಕ್ರಿಸ್ತನು ಪ್ರೀತಿಯಿಂದ ಬೇರ್ಪಡಿಸಲಾಗವೇ ಇಲ್ಲ ಪವಿತ್ರ ಗ್ರಂಥದಲ್ಲಿ ಹೀಗೆ ಬರೆಯಲ್ಪಟ್ಟಿದೆ ನಮಗೋಸ್ಕರವಾಗಿ ನಾವು ಎಲ್ಲ ಸಮಯಗಳಲ್ಲಿ ಸಾವಿನ ದವಡೆಯಲ್ಲಿದ್ದೇವೆ ಕೊಯ್ಯಲು ಕೊಂಡಿಯೊಯ್ಯುವ ಕುರಿಗಳಿಂದ ಕಡಿಗೆ ಗಣಿಸಲಾಗಿದ್ದೇವೆ ಆದರೆ ನಮಗೋಸ್ಕರ ತನ್ನ ಪ್ರೀತಿಯನ್ನು ತೋರಿಸಿದ ದೇವರು ಮೂಲಕವಾಗಿ ಈಗ ಎಲ್ಲ ಸಂಗತಿಗಳಲ್ಲಿ ನಮಗೆ ಪೂರ್ಣ ಜೀವವಿದೆ ಜಯವಿದೆ ಹೌದು ದೇವರು ಪ್ರೀತಿಯಿಂದ ನಮ್ಮನ್ನು ಯಾವುದು ಬೇರ್ಪಡಿಸಲಾಗದೆಂದು ನನಗೆ ನಿಶ್ಚಯವಾಗಿ ತಿಳಿದಿದೆ ಮರಣವಾಗಲಿ ಜೀವವಾಗಲಿ ದೇವದೂತರಾಗಲಿ ದುರಾತ್ಮಗಳಾಗಲಿ ಈಗಿನ ಸಂಗತಿಗಳಾಗಲಿ ಮುಂದಿನ ಸಂಗತಿಗಳಾಗಲಿ ಯಾವ ಶಕ್ತಿಗಳಾಗಲಿ ಮೇಲಿನ ಸಂಗತಿಗಳಾಗಲಿ ಕೆಳಗಿನ ಸಂಗತಿಗಳಾಗಲಿ ಅಥವಾ ಇಡೀ ಜಗತ್ತಿನಲ್ಲಿರುವ ಯಾವುದೇ ಸಂಗತಿಗಳಾಗಲಿ ನಮ್ಮ ನಮ್ಮ ಪ್ರಭುವಾದ ಯೇಸು ಕ್ರಿಸ್ತನಲ್ಲಿ ತೋರಿ ಬಂದ ದೇವರ ಪ್ರೀತಿಯಿಂದ ನಮ್ಮನ್ನು ಬೇರ್ಪಡಿಸಲು ಸಾಧ್ಯವಿಲ್ಲ That's why he could boldly declare in verse 37, in all these things we are more than conquerors. How? Through him who loved us. More than conquerors. You, you, have, you can conquer, I mean, you've already conquered all these things. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, whatever the world can throw at you. I mean, look at those things. Isn't, isn't, doesn't it describe the situation where we are in right now? tribulation distress persecution famine nakedness peril sore it's happening all around us yet in all these things we you and me we are more than conquerors through him who loved us he gave himself for us <laughs> woo i'm excited see paul was so persuaded about this that's why he prayed the prayer in ephesians in ephesians chapter 3 There's a prayer. He prayed that you'll be strengthened. Verse 16, Ephesians 3 verse 16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. The inner man is your born again recreated spirit. Where is the faith of God now? In your, in your spirit. Where is the love of God? In your spirit. Hallelujah. He is praying. He was praying. that you will get an understanding about this then it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that you being rooted and grounded in love oh look at that you are rooted and grounded in love what love the love of god and where is that love it is poured out in you in your inner man in your spirit and it said that you will be able to comprehend with all the saints The word comprehend is actually means to possess, to have a working knowledge. That means you know exactly how this works. You know the intricacies of, of it so much that you know, hey, I do it like this, this is going to work. You are so rooted and grounded in the truth of God's love that you know, 
hey, this is how I'm supposed to behave. This, this is how I express the love of God. You, you have a working knowledge of it. I mean, uh, for those who first start driving a car, I mean, they, I mean, if you've driven a car, remember the first time when you started driving. You just, you, you were, I mean, you were, some of us were uh, like too overwhelmed. You've got the ABCs, the accelerator, brake and the clutch. And there are three pedals and two legs. You've got a steering, you've got the gear, all these things. So how am I going to do all these things? Overwhelmed. But as you practice, as you yield, as you take some time to understand how things work, you get a working knowledge of it, that after some time you don't even think when you're changing a gear. It just happens. You don't think, okay, all right, all right, I'm on the first gear, I raise a little bit now. <clears throat> no, you don't think. It just happens. Why? Because by practice, you got a working knowledge about it. And as soon as, but just by the sound of the engine, you know, you just automatically change the gears. Hallelujah. That's what Paul is praying here. He said, you have a working knowledge with all the saints about what? The breadth, the length, the depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. But that's an interesting prayer. Saying that you might be filled with what? The fullness of God. God. I mean, what is God? Love. You might be filled with the fullness of God who is love. That you be so rooted and grounded in the working knowledge of His love that you are filled with the fullness of His love. Wow. That every action of yours is an action motivated by love. And that becomes an act, an act of faith. And it pleases the Father. See, we are still on the topic of faith. Faith that pleases the Father. And that faith of God works by the love of God. That's why we encourage you to pray these prayers. Pray, put your name in there. Put your loved one's name in there. Put those people, I mean, anybody who's persecuting you, put their name in here. Pray this prayer. Imagine the fullness of God. You're filled with the fullness of God who is love. Woohoo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, it's mind-blowing, but it's written for us. So we can spend time looking at this so we be conformed to His image. Hallelujah. Brother John, can we read Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 21? ಕಾರಣದಿಂದೆಯೇಸುಕ್ರಿಸ್ತನಿಗೆ ಅದರ ಅಗಲ ಉದ್ದ ಆಳ ಮತ್ತು ಎತ್ತರವನ್ನು ಗ್ರಹಿಸುವಂತೆಯೋ ಜ್ಞಾನಕ್ಕೆ ತಿಳಿದುಕೊಂಡು ದೇವರ ಸಂಪೂರ್ಣತೆಯನ್ನು ಮಟ್ಟಿಗೆ ಪರಿಪೂರ್ಣರಾಗಿರುವ ಹಾಗೆಯೂ ನಿಮಗೆ ದಯಾಪಾಲಿಸುವ ಎಂದು ಆತನನ್ನು ಬೇಡಿಕೊಳ್ಳುತ್ತೇನೆ Verse 20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. 
See, we, we, we like the scripture. Oh, he, God will do exceedingly above, abundantly above all we ask or think. But there's a condition. There is a cross mark that says, according to the power that works in us. What is that power? It is the working knowledge of the love of God. The same resurrection power. Hallelujah. The same love that raised Christ from the dead for us. A working knowledge of that power. How much knowledge do you have? Hallelujah. That much power is available for you. In chapter 1 it says, that According to the power that is available for us who believe. The same power that raised Christ from the dead. Ephesians 1 verse 17 onwards. The same power that raised Christ from the dead. How much working knowledge do you have? How much are you rooted and grounded in that love? He will do exceedingly abundantly above all that. Hallelujah. And Jesus said in John 13 verse 35, He said, By this shall all men know you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. So the, our very identity depends on this love. The very identity that we are the disciples of Christ is based on how much love of God we manifest. The more love you show, the more you operate in faith. And it seals your identity as a disciple of Christ. Let's go to John 15. John 15, verse 4 onwards. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Look at this. It's an interesting portion of scripture. Jesus said, abide in me. Who is he? Love. Abide in me and I in you. Who is he? Love. Where is love abiding? In us. And it says, He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. God is always concerned about fruit. That's why in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, your born again recreated Spirit, one of them is love. Galatians 5 Verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, long-suffering, goodness. Hallelujah. It's the fruit of your recreated Spirit. How, when do you bear fruit? When you abide in Him. When you abide in His love. When you abide in His Word. His words are words of love. Those words originated from love. He is love Himself. And those words are there to build us up, to give us an, an inheritance. Hallelujah. How do you get your inheritance? When you meditate on those words of love, faith comes up. And by faith, you obtain the promise. Hallelujah. And as you continue in it, it becomes a lifestyle that pleases the Father. You're bearing fruit. There are fruits and people identify you by the fruits. 
Your reward is based on the fruits that you bear. It doesn't depend on which family you are, which church you go to. Your rewards are based on the fruits. He is always a reward-minded God. That's why Hebrews 11:6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God, and those who, who come to Him must believe He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. He's always reward-minded. Any parent is reward-minded. They want their children to get rewards. Hallelujah. He's our Father. He's our Father. And our objective, our primary objective and desire should be to please Him. And that comes by faith. And that faith works by His love. Hallelujah. Let's continue. It says, if you are, verse, verse 7, we are, we are in John 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Look at that. First we saw in John 13 that your discipleship, your identity as a disciple is is defined by your walk in love. And now it says, your, 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 it says, he said, you shall be my disciples when you bear fruit. What fruit are you bearing? The fruit of love. The fruit of love. Hallelujah. So as a disciple of Christ, you and me, we are supposed to bear fruit. Our identity depends on this love that we are talking about. Because, because without this love, there is no walk of faith. Hallelujah. Let's go to um, uh, Brother John. Can you read uh, John 15 verse 4 to 8? Nimu Nanali, Nelekundi, Aga Nanu Nimali, Nelekundiraveno, Yava Kavalu, Tanakaste Tane, Palapuru Lardo, Adu Draksha, Draksha, Draksha Pali, Nelekundirabeko, Idu Nimage, Unvisiate, Nivu, Nimustake, Palapundere, Nu Nanali, Nelekundirabeko, Nane Draksha Pali, Nive Kavalu, Wopono Nanali, Nelekundere, Matu Nano Avanali, Nelekundere. Hallelujah. Verse 8 says, Herein, sorry, verse 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Look at that. Jesus said, The same way the Father loved me, I loved you. And now you are supposed to continue in this same love. And that's a direct command from Jesus Himself. Why? So now you, by walking in this same love, you show, hey, I'm a disciple of Christ. That's who I am. I am a disciple of the Son of God. I follow in the same pattern that He followed. Hallelujah. Let's continue. It says, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. 
Now he's explaining it further. How did he walk in his father's love? By obeying the word of God. He said, whatever I do, I do what, uh, what I hear my father speak. And by that, he was walking and operating in the love of God. And he's saying, you do the same thing. He said, you keep my commandments, you abide in my love. Hallelujah. Let's continue. Verse 12 says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. As he is, so are we in this world. We walk exactly like him. We love exactly the same way Jesus loved. It is possible. It is possible. You may think, well, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know my family situation. You don't, you don't know about this person. You don't know the trouble they're causing me. Well, you may not like them, but you can still love them. Do you think God liked all the sins that you did? No. But He still loved you, right? He still loved you so much that even before you were born, He sent His Son to die for you. Of course he may not, I mean, he doesn't like all the stuff that you were involved with. He didn't like it, but he still loved you. He still loved you. So you may not like how a person behaves. You may not like the things that they have done to you. But you can still love them with the same love of God. Why? Because it is already inside you. It is already inside you. I heard this story about a man of God. After he taught about this love. One lady came to him and said, Well, I understood why my faith is not working. Because I hate my mother-in-law. I don't love my mother-in-law. Then Jesus looked at her and said, Well, according to scripture, if you don't love, then you are not born again. She said, No, but I'm born again. I'm filled in the spirit. But I still don't love my mother-in-law. I hate her. Then he told her, now look at me in my eyes. Look at me in my eyes. And tell me you hate your mother-in-law. Tell me that you don't love your mother-in-law. So she looked, at, looked him in his eyes and said, I hate my mother-in-law. I don't love my mother-in-law. And then he asked her, when you said those things, did you feel something? She said, yes, I, feel, I felt a scraping inside Inside, deep inside, I felt a scraping. He said, well, that's the Holy Spirit. He said, he is scraping you. He's reminding you, hey, hey, you've got the love of God inside you. You're born again. You already have the love and you can love your mother-in-law. So now he told her to confess it. Say, I love my mother-in-law with the love of God. And she did it. Hallelujah. So, you may not like things that people do to you, but you can still love them. Think about Paul. Imagine all the things that he went through. I mean, I strongly believe that after Jesus, he's probably the one who suffered the most. And still he loved the people. He loved them so much that he would, they might stone him, he would still get up and go back there. The things that he suffered, persecutions. Why did he do all the things? Why did he continue in it? Because he loved the people with the same love of God. Hallelujah. It's a command directly from the master himself. 
let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Ephesians 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. Wow. So be imitators of God. That means follow exactly what he did. Have you seen children copy their parents? They, they, I mean, my son, he, he, would, he would wear my shoes and try to walk the same way I walk. He would wear my goggles. He's imitating me. They're doing this things the same way I did. That's what Paul is writing here. Be imitators of God, who is our Father, who is love. He said, and walk in love. Why? What does it mean? Just relate. You're imitating God and you're walking in love. That means everything God does is a walk of love. Hallelujah. So love walk is a spiritual walk. It is a walk that God is expecting from us. Copy the Father. Imitate Him. Do exactly like what He did. Said how? Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given Himself for us. An offering. It's a tall order, but it's possible. It's possible. That's why it's written for us. And as you continue to study this, you will find that the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit are directly related to, these, to the walk of love. Hallelujah. Brother John, let's read Ephesians 5 verse 1 and 2. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 5, we'll read from verse 13. It says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but... Through love, serve one another. So how are we supposed to serve one another? Who is he talking to? Brethren. How are you supposed to serve one another? Through love. And he continued saying, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's a direct command. It's a direct command. All the law. All the law. The law that God gave to His people said it is fulfilled in this one command. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? Think about the person who is irritating you the most. He's your neighbor. And how are you supposed to love them? The same way you love yourself. How can you love yourself? Well, you're created in the image of love. You're created in the image of God who is love. His love is inside you. Hallelujah. God loved you so much that He considered it worth it to die for you. Hallelujah. He saw you as so precious that even if you are the only person left on earth, Christ would still die for you. That's your worth in God's eyes. That's how much He loves you. And that's how much you're supposed to love yourself. And that's how much you're supposed to love your neighbor. Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. 
So he continued to say in verse 16, Galatians 5, This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So this walking in the spirit is directly related to loving your neighbor as yourself. It's a walk of the spirit. Hallelujah. And only after this he's coming into the fruits of the spirit in verse 22. See, all these things, he's talking about love, loving your neighbor. And then he's saying that's the walk of the spirit. When you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In your flesh, you may feel like doing a lot of things to that neighbor. Hallelujah. But when you walk in the spirit, you're walking in love. Hallelujah. You love that person the same way God loved you. And then what happens? The fruit of the spirit starts showing up. The fruit of your born again recreated spirit, who is recreated in the image of God, starts showing up. Says it is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm speaking to myself. This 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 affects me. You just walk out, you see people doing stuff to you, and they promise you something. They say, I'll come at this time, I'll do this for you, but they don't turn up. You call them, they don't answer your phones. Then they take money from you, but they don't deliver what they promised. I mean, you get a lot of feelings come up, but then you, you may sometimes yield to the flesh. You may shout at them, scream at them, say things that you're not supposed to. But He's a merciful God. You just say, Father, Daddy, I'm sorry. And then you just look inside and let that love come out. Say, I forgive them. I love them as myself. I love them. And I'm willing to give myself for that. Hallelujah. It is possible. It is possible. I mean, just recently, um, I, I, we, we met a guy who agreed to redo our sofa. And he took the advance money from us. He said, on this day, sharp at 10 o'clock, I'll be there tomorrow morning. Next day came, 10 o'clock came, he's not there. The next day, 10 o'clock came, he's not there. The next week, 10 o'clock came, he's still not there. Meanwhile, he's taken the money, he's disappeared. And you feel like just doing a lot of stuff. But then you just have to just readjust. Said, no, no, Jesus died for them. Ah, it's all right. My God will restore sevenfold. It's all right. I'm not going to argue with him. I'm not going to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I said a lot of stuff, but just... Readjust. Hallelujah. Every opportunity is an opportunity of love. Is a walk of faith. Because whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Hallelujah. Proverbs 10 verse 12 says, Love covers all sin. Cover means to to conceal. To conceal. It means to, to, to hide it away. It says, love covers all sin. All means all. Sin is anything that offends you. Anything that is wrong. Done against you. That's what it's talking about. And then in the New Testament, Peter talks about it. He said, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, he says, And above all things, have fervent love among yourselves. Among where? Among yourselves. 
For love shall cover the multitude of sins. Wow. In the Old Testament Proverbs, it was written, all sin, here he's writing multitude. What does multitude mean? Multitude means thousands. When Jesus uh, was on the earth, Bible says multitudes followed him. How much? At least 5,000 men. He had to feed so many people. Multitude. He said when he saw the multitude, he had compassion on them. Hallelujah. Love covers a multitude of sin. Fervent love. That's what we are supposed to have. The word meaning of the word fervent means stretched out and extended to the max. That's what it means. Fervent love. Have fervent love. Have love that is stretched out to the max. When that guy is pestering you again and again, you just keep stretching, keep stretching, keep stretching. I mean, they're talking trash about you. Ah, You just keep stretching, keep stretching. I mean, he's in church. They're believers. They they pray in tongues. They're filled with the Spirit. Ah, you just go, keep stretching, keep stretching, keep stretching. Among yourselves first. (laughs) And it covers the multitude of sin. Lord, I forgive. Just cover you, you forgave them. You paid the price for their sin. What they are doing is wrong, but you forgave them. So I also forgive. I keep no account. Wow. Your faith is working. Your faith is working. Hallelujah. Any man of faith that you take, you look, in, you look into their lives. All the things that they accomplished is basically because they had an understanding of love. Hallelujah. They had an understanding of this covenant. This covenant that God made in the blood of Jesus. That He offered His only begotten Son. That whosoever, it's open to all, everybody, anybody and everybody in the world, whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. Brother John, can you read uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 25, please? Adre Atmada Pala Nenandre, Preeti Santosha Samadana Dirga Shanti, Vinaya Satkuna Nambike, Swata Satvikatre Mithivaya, Inthavurano, Inthavurane, Virodavagi, Nyaya Pramana Villa. Hallelujah. So after all the, after speaking about all these things in Galatians 5 now he comes to Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 he says brethren so who is he talking to believers he said if any man be overtaken in a fault you which are spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of meekness considering yourself lest you also be tempted look at that saying you if somebody among you is trapped in sin, is you you is overtaken. That means they they just did what what they knew, and uh, based on their lack of information, lack of knowledge, or, the, or just they might have yielded to the flesh. 
they were overtaken by the fault, what happened? What are you supposed to do? Says you who consider yourself to be spiritual or mature in Christ, what are you supposed to do? Restore such one in the spirit of meekness. In the spirit of meekness. Meekness is a fruit of the spirit. And how does it come? By an understanding of love. By abiding in love. In that spirit of meekness, you restore that person. Why? You should know. Hey, I can also make the same mistake. So basically what are you doing? You're loving yourself. You're loving that person as you love yourself. So do you know, ah, I love myself. I can also fall. The same thing can happen to me. I have no right to blame that person. I have no right to put uh, condemnation on him. Hallelujah. I can, be, I can fall in the same trap. So in the spirit of meekness, meekness also means teachable. He said, Lord, I am learning from this. I can also fall. The same thing can happen to me. I love this person. Help me. Help me restore that person. So you need to just bring that fruit of the Spirit to just come up and work with that person. Let that love show up. Hallelujah. And it's an act of faith. Why? Because even before you do it, you're already seeing that person restored. Your whole motive is seeing that person restored in fellowship with God. Why? You consider yourself spiritual. You say, I'm a spiritual person. I'm a little mature. Okay. Well, then you already see that person in your level. That's an act of faith. You're seeing him restored. Just like the way God saw him. So you let the love of God that is inside you flow out. And you see that person as you continue to work with that person. You will see that person restored. Hallelujah. And that's a testimony. And now that person can be a blessing to somebody else. Hallelujah. Let's look at our time here. Brother John, can you read uh, Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 and 2? Ah, look at that. Verse 2 says, Bear one another's burden, so fulfill the law of Christ. Oh, that's a law there. What is this law? Fulfill the law of Christ. Let's go to Romans chapter 13. Verse 10. Romans 13, verse 10 says, Love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Love is what? Fulfilling of the law. What law? The law of Christ. James chapter 2, verse 8 says, If you fulfill the royal law according to scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. So this law is, is called the royal law of love. What is that law? You love your neighbor as yourself. You love your neighbor as yourself. That's called the law or the royal law of love. And who is this for? The royal priesthood. You and me. 
Peter said, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. As being royal priesthood, we operate in the royal law of love. That's how we operate in faith. That's how we represent Christ. Hallelujah. I believe you're getting this. I believe you're getting this. See, don't get me wrong. Offenses will surely come. There will be things all around you. In Luke 17 verse 1, Jesus said, It is impossible, but offenses will come. It will come. Every opportunity can be an opportunity either to, to be offended or to express love and walk in faith. If Jesus said, it will come, then it will come. It will come. It can be your neighbor, it can be your, your parents, it can be your spouse, it can be your children, it can be your in-laws, whatever. Offenses will try to come. But then Psalms 119 verse 165 says, Great peace have they which have your law, and nothing shall by any means offend them. You have His law. You have His word inside you. You abide in that love. You abide in, the, in those words of love. And it starts flowing out of you. You will not be offended. It's talking about a lifestyle. It's talking about a lifestyle that we, as, as representatives or as ambassadors of the Anointed One, are supposed to display to the world. By this, they will know we are the disciples of Christ. Wow. Hallelujah. Said so this is a commandment that Jesus Himself gave. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Ha ha. Hallelujah. It's a royal law. And it's given to the royal priesthood. Why? Think about it. Why did he give this love? Because we love the same way, because we have been given the, the capability to love. Nobody else has. The world out there, they cannot love. They, their love is different. It's called human love. It's a conditional love. This royal love is described so beautifully in 1 John Chapter 4 and 1 Corinthians 13. I call them the love chapters. It's this commandment and it's, it describes how this love operates. In 1 Corinthians 13, I mean, if you look at it, it's a whole discourse that Jesus gave or that Paul is giving. Chapter 12, chapter 13 and chapter 14. Ideally, they are not supposed to be separated into different chapters. Chapter 12 is talking about the gifts. Chapter 13 is talking about love. And it goes into chapter 14 where it talks about speaking in tongues. But they're all related. Let's look at chapter 13 verse 1. It says, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. This is talking about who? Believers. I said, you are speaking in tongues. And when you speak in tongues, to whom are you speaking to? Verse 2 says, when, when, when you speak in tongues, you are speaking to God. But if you don't have love, if you are not operating in that love, to God it sounds like, tang, 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 tang. I mean, you are not driving away Corona, but for God, that's how it sounds like. You're speaking, you're just, you're in the motion, you're doing all the actions correctly. But for God, 
it's clanging symbol patram ding tak ding tak you are not making any sense why because you're not operating in love you're showing yourself to be spiritual but you're not operating in love it says uh, the the passion translation says i yet i didn't express myself with love my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal a hollow sound what's a hollow sound sound that does not make any sense nonsense hallelujah that's how it sounds to god hallelujah let's uh, and the message translation says but if you don't love i'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate you're the creaking of a rusty gate have you heard the sound of a rusty gate have you tried opening a gate that's been like that for a long time it's not been open and rust enters the hinges you try opening it it's so irritating some people feel some stuff flowing through their back sometimes that's how you sound to god it's like mm, this guy you're speaking in tongues hallelujah then it says verse verse 2 though i have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge and though i have all faith so i could remove mountains but have not love i am nothing Oh you're operating in the gifts miracles are happening but what's your motive in god's eyes ah this guy yeah the gift is operating but you're nothing you're nothing you've not accomplished anything in god's eyes so what's your reward for doing nothing nothing your reward is based on how you operate in love You did all these things. You have a list that you present before God. God, I did all these things. But in God's eyes, what a puja. Zero. You did nothing. So your reward is nothing. Man, sometimes this is this just blows my mind. Many people claim they did so and so so many things. They have huge accomplishments, but what was the motive behind it? Oh, hallelujah. I leave I leave this to you. Let's continue. says verse 3 and though i bestow all my goods to feed the poor though i give my body to be burned but have not love it profits me nothing see again it's talking about profit reward you did all these things but one day you stand before jesus yes you gave your body to be burned lord i gave my body to be burned now i'm standing before you he looks at you <laughs> says Well I saw through it you had no love so you get nothing you get nothing let's continue it's affecting me it's affecting me it says verse 4 I'm reading from the amplified it says love endures long is patient and kind love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy it is not boastful or vainglorious it does not display itself haughtily it is not conceited arrogant inflated with pride it is not rude unmannerly and does not act unbecomingly love which is god's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own ways for it is not self-seeking 
It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Wow. Just read through it. Read through it. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Like, I leave it. I leave it. I am not acting unbecomingly. I'm not acting resentful. You know what resentful means? Like, ah, they did this to me. Ah, I'm not going to do this again. After all I did for them, see what they've done. I gave myself, I did everything, but now this is what I get. That is being resentful. It says love is not resentful. You don't keep an account of any, any wrong done to you, no matter what it is. They might have spat you on, on your face in spite of all the good things you did. They kicked you out of the house, but you're not resentful. You're not keeping an account. Hallelujah. Let's continue. Verse 7. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are faithless under all circumstances and it endures everything without weakening. Wow. I love this part. It says it, 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 says it is ever ready to believe the best of every person. I heard the story of a man um, he never said, he never talked bad about anybody. He never talked, he was an elderly person who never talked bad about anyone. He's a believer, he's a church going person, but he never talked bad about anyone. And one day there was this person who died in the community who was, who nobody loved. He never did anything good. Nobody could think about one good word about him to speak during his funeral. Now, they invited, they knowingly invited this person to speak a few words. Now, he came, he stood there, and he was just looking at the body and just standing there for a while. Then some people in the crowd said, Now, come on, say something. And he continued to look at the body and said, He's got good teeth, ain't it? <laughs> See, that person, he was so determined to find something good about that person. So he waited till he found something good to speak. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, all the works of that guy, there's nothing to talk about. But he just, he was determined. I'm going to say something good. So he looked, looked, looked. Finally, he found something good to speak. He said, he's got good teeth. At least good teeth. Hallelujah for good teeth. I mean, people spend thousands just to get their teeth aligned so it's a blessing to have good teeth <laughs> hallelujah solomon talks about teeth you should read the song of solomon <laughs> hallelujah so let's continue here verse 8 says love never fails it never fades or becomes obsolete or comes to an end it never fails what never fails the love of god as long as God is there, it is His love that is in us. And that love never fails. Hallelujah. We are kept in this love. I'm so grateful to God that I got born again <laughs> before all these things happened. I'm so grateful that I'm, I, God, God brought me to a church where I was taught the word of God. See, none of us are perfect. 
Are we perfect? Are we perfect husbands? Are we perfect wives? Are we perfect parents? No, none of us. We do go through all the emotions. See, sometimes kids, as they grow up, they test you. They test you. You feel like all kinds of stuff boiling up inside you when you see the way they behave sometimes, some attitudes. That Churuti Kutal spirit will come upon you. You, will, you feel like saying, if I can make you, I can break you. But then you just need to calm down. Ah, Lord, Lord, help me. You gave them. They're a gift from you. So what do you do? You surround them with thoughts of love, thoughts of faith. With that love of God that is inside you, that love that endures long, is patient, long-suffering. You look at your children, you look at that neighbor, you look at your in-laws with those eyes, and you surround them with those thoughts. Woo, hallelujah. Yeah, there's work. There's work. And it's all happening here. This real estate, the costliest real estate in all creation. Like we saw, like Pastor was teaching, you're born again, your spirit belongs to Him, and your body also belongs to Him. So what is actually ours is this part, our soul. That's where all these thoughts come in. That's where offenses uh, arise. Based on your senses, what you see, what you feel, it affects you. You see something that is not comfortable for you, offense arises. It's all here. So what do you do? You work with the love that is already inside. You look inside. You take these scriptures. Meditate on them. You bring them up when those thoughts come. Said, no, 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 no. I forgive them. I can do it. I endure long. I surround them with thoughts of love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These are testing times. Many businesses have failed. People have lost money. But it's also a season where we've heard a lot of testimonies. People have increased. People have made money. So let's not look at the negative part. The God, our God is the same yesterday, today and forever. If he was there to help and pr protect Noah and his family in the midst of a flood, if he was there to, to, to bring the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery, hallelujah, he's still here with us. He's still here. He's not changed. And he, it's the same love that he's loving us, the everlasting love that Jeremiah 31 talks about. And he's put that inside us. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. After all these descriptions in 1 Corinthians 13, chapter 14, verse 1, he says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. What comes first? Love. When you pursue the love of God, when you pursue so much to see the love of God manifest in every area of your life, then the spiritual gifts start operating. And that is what counts in the eyes of God. Otherwise, we read, you can operate in all the gifts, but it amounts to nothing. There is no reward for you. When you pursue love and ensure that every thought about you, your motive, your heart motives are love-based, then 
those spiritual gifts that you operated in, those results that you got that are added to your account. It profits you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Because verse 2 says, He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. God understands. He looks at the hearts. He looks at the motives. Hallelujah. So all of us have to pray that prayer in Ephesians and in Philippians. Philippians chapter 1 verse 9 it says, I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment that you may approve the things that are excellent. That you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Wow, that's a tall order. Look at that. What's the prayer? That your love may abound more and more in where? In knowledge and discernment. You already have the love of God inside you. But your knowledge and discernment of that love may abound more. Why? So that now when you operate in that love, when you have a working knowledge of that love, you approve things that are excellent. You choose those excellent things that are of God. And you will be sincere and without offense till Jesus comes. Till Jesus comes. No matter what they throw at me, uh-uh. I choose the excellent thing. Death and life are a choice that is given to us. And Jesus said, choose life. So now we get the option to choose the excellent things that are originating and based on the love of God. How would Jesus react? What would God choose? In spite of all our messes, He's still patient with us. He still loves us. We've got clothes. We've got a good family. We've, we've got good food to eat. We've not lacked. Are we perfect? No. But we are reaching there. We try our best to follow what is written. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother John, I'm sorry I, I missed you out there. But can we read Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 to 11? Nimagavi nanu pratisu denendre, nivu pritiyalli vruthiyagutta, nyanavantaru tilumulike ulavar agabeko. Oldest care kedukodabiruva, vetyasavannu aritukundu, olde dane arisikuluvanta agabeko. Kristana Boravikele, Nivo Parishuddha Ragi, Nirdoshigaragi, Virabeko, Kristana Sahaya Dinda, Devarege, Ganatheno, Sotravano, Undu Madu the Kagi, Nivo Aneka Karigano, Madu Vantava Ragirabeko. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So pray this prayer for yourself. As you continue in this, meditate on on First Corinthians thirteen and also on one John four. It's very powerful. Let's in fact let's just read that. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. It says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. The, the Passion Translation says, Love never brings fear, for fear is always related to punishment. Ah. Fear is always related to punishment. That brings torment. Thoughts of punishment always torment you. That means they, they just bother you so much. It says, but love's perfection drives the fear of punishment far from our hearts. 
And whoever walks constantly afraid of punishment has not reached love's perfection. Wow. See, in most Christian circles, the, the, the pastor or the, the presbytery brings fear in the hearts of people. God will punish you. Judgment will come. You better repent. Judgment, what you're doing is not right. Oh, God will punish you. Judgment. Meanwhile, these two words, repentance and judgment, they are two of the most beautiful words in Christian language. The two words that are supposed to bring hope and joy have been abused so much that they are, they are bringing fear in people. And what does it do? They bring torment. What are they afraid of? God will punish you. God will punish you. Hallelujah. Meanwhile, He's already paid the price for your sin. All you need is a working knowledge of that love that paid the price for your sin. And when you get a knowledge of that, it drives out fear. You're not afraid of judgment. You're not afraid of punishment. And imagine, as a believer, where is your judgment happening? In heaven. You're already in heaven. You're standing before the throne of grace. You're standing there before God, the judge who is your father. You're already there in heaven and that's where your judgment is happening. Hallelujah. When you have an understanding of that love, Hallelujah, it drives out all fear. You're motivated to dig deep into that love. Oh, I need to know this love some more. I need to know this love some more. I mean, He's done so much for me. And He wants me to operate like Him. Oh Lord, help me. Hallelujah. I believe you got this. So say this with me. <clears throat> Let's confess the word. Say this with me. Father, I love you. Not because I did something special. Because you love me first. And you lay down your life for me. I abide in your love. And I love you with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my strength. And thank you for pouring out your love in my heart. So now I can love my neighbor as myself. I love my brethren with a pure heart. Fervently. And I'm willing to lay down my life for the brethren and serve them in love. I love my spouse as you love me. The love of God in my heart is overflowing and covering them. I surround my family, my spouse, my children, my parents, my in-laws with thoughts of love and faith. I keep no account of any wrong done to me. I forgive and release all. I take no offense about anything. I don't insist on my own way. I lay down my pride. Your perfect love within me casts out all fear. So I refuse to worry about anything. All my cares is cast upon you. Thank you, Lord. I declare I'm free. 
In Jesus' name. You're blessed. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. I'm really humble. Thank you so much. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good. And the Word fills us and feeds us and sustains us and keeps us right in the center of His will. Hallelujah. We're going to spend a little time contemplating what Jesus paid for as we take communion. And Brother Sharat is with us and we're so grateful. Shall we read from the book of John, John chapter 6 and verse 27? Hallelujah. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give you, for him has God the Father sealed. Hallelujah. Shall we hear that in Canada also? Amen. I'm sure the word of God is feeding you, strengthening you. Jesus has been sealed and he is the one that paid for everything. And as you eat and feed on that word, your body receives. Your natural uh, realms begin to receive the benefit. Jesus paid and that's why we can receive. Thank God for that. Every single thing that he has paid for has been offered to us in his death, his burial and resurrection, ascension and sitting. And we can show forth his death till we see him face to face. As you are at your home, I hope you're taking communion every now and then, remembering his faithfulness. Thank you, Jesus. So you can join us right now if you have some bread and um, juice. We'll just go forward and receive. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you paid in your broken body and shed blood. And so today our labor is not for just natural things, but we have a labor to receive your benefits from the spirit realm. Thank you for that word. Thank you for the spirit. Thank you for the feeding that's taking place, the quickening that's taking place in the mortal bodies. Blessing. Every curse turned around. In Jesus' name, every curse that's on this earth, we are immune to it in Jesus' name. We are ambassadors in Jesus' name. This is not our land. Our God supplies all our needs, emotional, physical, material, and financial. Till the day we see you face to face, we are forever grateful. We receive your benefits in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we eat and drink in Jesus' name? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God is faithful. Take a minute and thank Him for His goodness. Thank Him for His loving care that He has paid in His blood. He has sworn that He will take care of you. Our God shall supply all your needs according to His riches from the glory realms. 
Hallelujah. Emotional, physical, material, financial. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. If you'd like to give, we're going to receive the offering. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Abba Father. Hallelujah. If you're a tither and a giver, God is still working. God is still the God who receives our grace, our gifts. Isn't that interesting that He receives our grace and our gifts when we offer to Him? Hallelujah. Lord, here mortal men receive, but there He that lives forever receives. Thank you for the turnaround in lives today, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Lord. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Every curse demonstrated as defeated. Thank you for opportunities. Thank you for favor. Thank you for ideas from your throne. Thank you for the increase of God. In Jesus' mighty name. Angels, work with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You are blessed. Thank you, team. Thank you, Brother Sharath. See you again.